On the road to soul sovereignty, we undertake huge amounts of healing and we do that so that we can get ourselves into a place and a space of first offering ourselves unconditional love so that we're able to then offer that to others. And one of the healing modalities that created monumental shifts for me was inner child healing. So that's what we're going to actually be delving into today. What is inner child healing? Why is it so effective? And how can we start to undertake that healing? Welcome to Spiritual Midwife, the podcast that tenderly guides you through the transformative journey of spiritual awakening and personal development towards the ultimate destination of soul sovereignty. I'm Claire Atio, a medicine woman and dedicated guide to the profound realm of soul sovereignty, and you are listening to Spiritual Midwife. So what is inner child healing? So many people have heard it and heard of it, but few people fully understand what it is. It's what's called in the psychological field experimental psychology, and it builds upon the premise of acknowledging and addressing the unmet needs of childhood, our childhood. In in layman's terms, you become the parent to your child self and you provide what you perceived you lacked as a child. And it's so effective because it allows us to go back and it allows us to reframe with the child, our child self, the aspects that are causing us pain, that are blocking us from from stepping into our true selves that are, are, are making us feel shy or making us feel that we we can't speak up for ourselves, making us feel that we're not worthy or we do lack in some sense, shape or form. As children, we we learn first from our parents and then from our extended family and then from our friends, teachers, mentors, etc. And we, the, the way that we learn is mimicking their behaviors. And it was John Bradshaw that was one of the key persons to popularize the concept of inner child with the understanding that 96% of families have a degree of dysfunction in the dynamics. And it goes back to that hurt people, hurt people. And none of us intentionally intend, or majority of us, I should say, intentionally intend to hurt our children. But when we're carrying pain ourselves, that's inevitably what happens because they will learn ways of communication, ways of acting, ways of thinking from our dysfunctional patterns. And this is why it is so profoundly important to one, do the healing, and two, to gain the understanding so that we don't pass on those dysfunctions. We don't pass on that hurt to future generations. We can take this a, a, a layer deeper that when we actually do this healing, we also heal generations from the past. We break the cycles of what that dysfunction created. 
And this is why it's so, so powerful. I used inner child healing and had massive, massive shifts, unbelievable shifts that I couldn't at the time have even imagined. And I'm not going to say it was a, a a day out in the park because it wasn't, because there were certain aspects within that. There were certain hurts and pains that my inner child was holding on to because at the time she didn't have the deeper understanding of what was going on. And so her mental capacity to deal with that situation at that time and her perception of what was going on at that time meant that she blamed herself. She took it upon herself to believe and formed a belief that she then carried well into her 40s that she was lacking, that she wasn't good enough, that she had to wait and be last. And this is how this actually works, because that that one, and I'll give you a, a personal example here. I was a I was the last child of four children, and my parents were very much wanting to ensure that everything was given to us equally. And so in what in that desire, which is a, a, a perfectly admirable desire, we all had everything given to us equally. But being the last, I always received mine last. That was their way of keeping a tally of what was going on. There is nothing wrong in that. What that actually did in me, though, was built a belief that I always had to be last. And that's always meant that as an adult, I would hold back. If I had a really good idea, I would hold on to it. I would let everybody else go first. And it meant very often the inspiration and creation that I was given that was mine to put out into the world, somebody else got there first. And it, it can feel personal. I'm not, you kind of sit there and go, oh, I've had that idea. But it took me a long time to work through these energies and these beliefs to shift them, to give myself permission that actually, no, I can create that and I can put that out in the world. But this can be applied in, in any field. Obviously, I work in the spirituality field, but this can, this can, this can work in any field. Anybody listening to this, I bet there's a time where you've had a really good idea and you were in a, a conference, but you held back. Maybe you held that same belief. Maybe you held a different belief. Maybe you held a belief that you weren't worthy. Maybe somebody told you that was a stupid idea when you were a child. And so when you have ideas and inspirations that are out of the box, you hold back for fear that somebody's going to tell you that it's stupid. Or maybe you've taken it, it an even deeper level and you actually believe it's stupid you talk yourself out of your inspirations and this is why inner child is so powerful because it allows us to go back through visualization and reframe we work with our inner child to reframe these dysfunctional beliefs that we have developed this is not about 
blaming. This is not about shaming. This is about going back and finding the root cause of what is actually stopping and blocking us from fully expanding into our infinite potential. There are a few key aspects that I would absolutely say pay attention to when you start doing your inner child healing. The first one is don't rush. Take the time. Do the meditations, the visual, meditative visualizations to build a healthy, respectful, trusting relationship with your inner child. Only you will know what your childhood was like. Only you know how, what are your perceptions and what dysfunctions, beliefs, values that you have developed from the childhood that you grew up in. Be honest with yourself first before you start taking this journey. Be honest about your expectations. If you're going to go in and you're going to try and strong arm your inner child, that will not work. If you've had a childhood where you were invalidated, if you felt you weren't worthy, if you were always unimportant or pushed to the side, your inner child is going to be very wary of any adult coming towards them. Even in visualization, those emotions are still there. The energy of those emotions are still there. And so it's really important to not to rush. It's really important to take the time to build a loving, caring, nurturing, respectful relationship that is built on trust with that inner child. Which takes us to the next key factor that I always prioritize is don't make promises you cannot keep. Do not make promises to your inner child whilst in visualization that you then don't pay attention to when you're back in your everyday life, when you're not in that zone. It's very easy to say, oh, call upon me when you need me. And then when you're in your working habitual environment to not listen for that call. One thing that I like to do when I'm doing inner child healing is to first build that relationship, get my clients to build that relationship, and then to have a key word, a call out phrase or a word or a song so that the inner child, when it's feeling in need of some nurturing, when it's feeling in need of com company, when it's feeling in need to talk, can use that in our everyday life, they can attach the energy to that. And which is absolutely beautiful because we often listen into the radio and then a song comes on or a phrase, we hear a phrase spoken if we're listening to a podcast and we go, oh, right, yeah, our inner child wants us. And so we can take the time to go back in and spend some time with them. It's our responsibility as an adult that whatever we actually say that phrase is or that keyword is, is to listen out for it. For it Energetically, this is real. 
energetically they are calling out to you and if you've made a promise that oh oh call out to me and i'll come back and we'll we'll do another session together if you've actually said that to your inner child and then you don't do it you've broke a confidence you've broke a trust and you have to start the process of rebuilding the relationship all over again to so be very mindful of that if you're in a situation where you're in a conference and obviously you can't you can't just go oh my inner child is calling i need to go i need to go what you actually do is internally you go okay i've heard you i'm really busy at the moment i can't get out of this but i will be with you at x y and z time and ensure that whatever time you have said you do go back it's not forgotten the last thing you want to do is to reaffirm that your inner child isn't important. Most of us, even when we have grown up in wonderful family environments, most of us hold an aspect where we feel we're not important, whether that came from our parents or whether that came from the education system. There is usually a nugget in there where we don't hold ourselves important enough and this is why we are finding it challenging to bring in that unconditional love because we're not important enough to receive it and this is why inner child healing is so important it's one of the root causes so you need to be really mindful if you're making promises that you keep them the third aspect the third yeah, the third aspect that I would actually ask you all to focus in on is not to jump in with all the answers. When we're on a healing journey, when we have been doing a lot of reflective and introspective work, it's very easy to have the adult understanding of what the issue is. And so it's very easy to jump in with the answers when our child self starts to open up and express what they felt they lacked or what they feel they need. What it actually does when we jump in, it once again disempowers your inner child. And we're working to empower our inner child. And so we need to be very mindful that we don't jump in with those answers we actually take the time to actively listen to their concerns, to their hurts, to their pains, and take them seriously. Even if, for all intents and purposes, their gripe is quite funny, and that can happen. I, I, again, a personal story. One of my gripes was my parents had gone away on my birthday, during my birthday, and my grandmother was looking after me. and she wouldn't then I'm and I'm <laughs> I even laugh when I'm talking about it now one of the one of the gifts the only the only gift that I ever really kind of coveted was a small box of Maltesers and it was the only time we were allowed chocolate in the morning was on special occasions like birthday or Christmas and so my grandmother, my parents had actually wrapped up along with other presents, but the only thing I was interested in was a box of Maltesers and left them for me. And so I came down on my birthday morning and I started unwrapping my gifts and 
the first one I went for was my box of Maltesers and I unwrapped them and I was really, really excited. And I was just about to take the cellophane off when my grandmother whipped them away from me and put them on a shelf and said, you can't have those until supper time. And I was absolutely mortified. And my inner child, when I was doing the work, really had a massive gripe about not being allowed to have a couple of more teasers in the morning and from that one situation had built a whole story of not being loved by her grandparents and from that not being loved not being lovable and so as you go in and you actively listen to your inner child be very aware of not to diminish the importance for them as an adult it's very easy to think of it as as something very trivial but to the child a whole belief system was built and whilst that's an outrageously funny little scenario with adverse effects We have the polarity where some can also bring back memories we would rather leave forgotten. But if you want to move forward as an adult, then you need to assist your inner child to move past those situations in a positive and empowering way. Don't jump in as an adult. Sit and actively listen and ask the child what they need what they need to move past that not what you think as an adult is needed and I had this conversation last year I was teaching a colleague that I'd actually met during initiation she had heard the call to do inner child work and she didn't know how to do it and so I talked her through the process worked with her and Later, after she'd kind of done some of her own work, we were then talking of how to do this with other people. And it's a very fine balance because as adults, there are, when you have somebody that the inner child has received trauma, abuse, then as adults, our natural instinct is to advise the reporting of that and bringing in legal action. And yes, that is a conversation that you would have adult to adult, but that is not where you would actually guide the child during a visualization. It's really important to ask the child what it needs, what it wants. Children, when, when there is abuse, especially when it's with parents, Children still love their parents. They don't want to see them get in trouble. What they need is they want to be given the tools in which to, in the visualization, stop that abuse occurring and to empower themselves. What happens out of the visualization is a very tentative conversation a skilled conversation this is not something you should do unless you have been trained and you're seasoned you have a a a conversation with the adult 
but you certainly don't deal with those aspects within the visualization. The aspects you deal with within the visualization with the child is understanding what the child needs and then helping them to empower themselves in that given situation. Now, they may require you because you've built a good relationship with them. They may require you as an adult within that visualization whilst they are going through that particular memory to step in, to step up as an adult to safeguard them. But the direction comes from the child. The direction doesn't come from you as the adult and what you think is needed. This is, It's very, very important to listen to your inner child's needs. Ultimately, what you want to do is you want to build a healthy relationship with the child. You want the child to work through their memories, work through their beliefs and values that they have developed that don't function for them, empower them to change that. And as your inner child changes that, as your inner child becomes empowered, you as an adult become empowered. You've shifted the energies, you've shifted the inner dynamics of being. And so, yes, what we've just discussed with not jumping in with the answers can be quite heavy, but we also need to remember to have fun. Very often as adults can be bogged down with responsibilities and challenges of life, and we forget how to have fun. And our inner child can teach us how to have fun. Our inner child can remind us of some of the things we did in our playtime, how we enjoyed life. It brings back the innocence into us as adults. So it's a two-way healing that goes on here. And this is another reason why you don't want to be going in as the adult. You want to be going in building a caring, nurturing relationship because our inner child can teach us so much about enjoying life as an adult about having fun, letting go, being free, that was suppressed as maybe teenagers or suppressed once we got our mortgages, started our jobs. It all got suppressed and then got forgotten about. And, and revisiting our inner child allows us the magic. It brings back the man magic of innocent play. And so it's a, it's a two-way beneficial relationship that we are building. Have fun with the inner child. Allow the inner child to take you to their little secret places that they used to go to escape when things got rough. And the imagination, allow the imagination back in. Let them share with you the joys and the workings of their innocent minds and they will bring so much laughter and so much fun and so much joy back into your adult life it's the most wonderful reciprocal relationship that you can actually build and it brings such massive energetic shifts 
I encourage each and every one of you to explore and connect with your inner child. I know for me, it had and has profound shifts. I'm still go in and I still, I don't do so much healing now, but I go in and I, I allow young Claire to show me some of the crazy things we used to do <laughs> and some of the crazy thoughts that we had. And within that craziness, in that innocent childlike wonderment of life, I gained such inspiration which allows me to bring forth a lot of my creativity to share, to help you guys bring out your creativity. And with that, we actually create massive ripples of healing throughout the world. It's about being of service. We're being of service to ourselves and then we're being of service to the to the collective. It is a really, really magical, I cannot say it enough, and I'll probably drive everybody nuts. It's it's such a magical modality that, yes, it allows you to shift some of the heavier aspects, those deep dysfunctional beliefs that you hold about yourself that make you play small, that have you holding back. But it also brings in a joy and a magic and an innocence and deepen, de a deep, innocent connection with divine as well. You bring through such a lot of magic by reigniting that innocent joy, that innocent play, those innocent thoughts. I have actually, I'm going to link in the description box a guided visualization to initiate connection with your inner child I would actually suggest that you use that not just once but you keep going back in and you keep building that relationship build the trust before you start to do the work don't go in there like a bull in a china shop this has to be done that has to be done this has to be sorted I have to clear this I need to be moving forward Take the time to build a loving, nurturing, trusting, respectful relationship with your inner child and you will move forward with greater speed by taking the time to do that. And so that's it for this podcast. Until the next time, you have been listening to Spiritual Midwife. Bye-bye.